0: Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. We just thank you, Lord, for your word this morning. We are asking, Father, for insight once again, a revelation, and then we receive strength from that God which you are going to communicate. We just come before you, Father, believing that God, you're going to open up our hearts to receive instructions in Jesus' name. All right. Yes, okay, we want to continue with um, our talk on believers' response to grief. We are saying, as a believer, how do you respond to grief? When you are grieved, and when something happens, how do you respond? How do you act? How do you behave? Hallelujah. Like I keep saying, grief... Talks about deep distress, called by all, by bereavement. It could be that you lost your child, you lost your husband, you lost your wife. What is your natural response to this situation? You lost your job, you lost some money, maybe to a pussy scheme, hmm? How do you respond? Do you feel that's the end of your life? I just want you. It talks about trouble, it talks about annoyance. When you get angry, because somebody made you angry, What is your natural response to it? I need you to think. It means annoying or painful criticism. I keep asking, if people criticize you for whoever you are, whatever you think you are, but they just come criticizing you, what's your response? How do you behave? How do you handle criticism? Amen? Alright, you see, one thing is obvious. If you are a leader, for instance... And you can't be criticized, you can't handle criticism, you don't have leadership capacity. Because as a leader, men will always find fault with you. Always. Hallelujah. Alright. So, it talks about a fortunate outcome and all that. I find all of this in the fall, but I want to read a scripture. John 16 verse 32 and 33. Here is Jesus talking, John 16, 32, 33. Behold, the hour cometh, yea, is now come, that it shall be scattered everyone to his own, and shall leave me alone, and yet I'm not alone, because the Father is with me. Get a confidence that God is with you wherever you go. This thing have I spoken unto you that in me you may have what? You may have peace. But in the world, you shall have tribulation. Be of good cheer for I have overcome the world. <laughs> in me, you shall have peace. In the world, you shall have tribulation. So, it's not a guarantee that because you are a Christian, therefore you can escape tribulations. No, 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 no. Are you with me? Tribulation is for everybody. And you need to understand that. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. In the world you have tribulation. Suffering, pain, sorrows is for everyone. As long as you are living in this world, you can escape it. As long as you are a human being on this earth, you can escape from tribulation. And uh, maybe I need to define for you what tribulation means. Tribulation is "lipsis" in the Greek and it means pressure, it means affliction, it means anguish, it means burden, persecution, tribulation, trouble. You are not going to escape any of those things as long as you are human being. You can't. But there is something there that as long as you have me and I have you, there is something I'm leaving behind for you and that is peace. And he calls it my own kind of peace. Hallelujah. Now, this peace we must understand. Includes. Blessedness. Light, strength, comfort, support, divine favor, unction of the Holy Spirit, purification of the heart. And all of those things that we can enjoy in Christ, they make up that what is called peace. By implication, when the peace of God is ruling in your life, in the midst of confusion, you're still going to be calm. Men are going to be surprised seeing you when you are supposed to be crying, you're just laughing. When you are supposed to be crying, you're stable. When men think you want to go hang yourself, you're still alive. There is a kind of peace that the world can't give. But only Christ can give. And this peace comes in the midst of tribulation. In the midst of trials. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? I have a friend in fact when he was young and he he went to a meeting and a prophecy came on him and said you're going to prophesy all over the nations. When he was young, in the meeting, like in service. And then he grew up, being a pastor at the end of the day. Somewhere along the line of the journey, he got pulled him out from pastoral work. And he started writing. Man, this guy writes deeply. He started exposing scriptures. Today, it's all over the place in his writing. For those who are seeking for truth they can be able to know that this guy is truly a prophet of God. And I'm not being the one that sees the black thing under your bed. I'm talking about the man that reveals the mind of God. The prophet of God is the one that knows the mind of God. The apostles of God are the one that structure what God intends to do. And so that is why you see that Moses, he saw the architectural design of the temple. He built it. So, as a prophet, he saw the design. As an apostle, he built it. Are you listening to me? Very good. Now, why am I giving you this story? Because of his continuous sitting down and writing, this bad boy begins to grow to his neck. He can't stop writing when he begins to write. He didn't grow to the point they have to trim off part of this bone and put a fork from there. So now he doesn't turn his neck. It's straight. But that doesn't stop him from writing. It's just like Paul that was in prison. Are you see following what I'm talking about? It doesn't discourage him. It hasn't brought him down in any way, in any form. But if he has to turn himself, he turns the chair. He can turn his neck because there's a focrum right there. Now he didn't do this because he got an accident. He didn't come to this because something else happened. He's serving the Lord. Are you still there with me? But you don't see him talk about it. The only time this was mentioned was when he sent a paper out for those of our of reviews materials to pray for him while he was going through the operation, and that's all. As long as you're a human being, you're going to face trials. You're going to face tribulation, pressures but none of these things should push you to commit suicide none of these things should push you to back out from serving the Lord, no praise the living God are you listening to me he said, my peace I live with you but as long as you are in the war you are going to have tribulation you can't escape it Men, hmm? disappointing you ladies I mean all manner of things they are all there but how do you handle this situation is my question as a believer hallelujah read the other day in the papers a young man went commit suicide because he was in love with a lady loved the girl so much assisted the girl even while she was in school the girl came out to found somebody else and he went and committed suicide crazy what stupidity I you to with me I mean why would disappointment make you to die I know, come on, are you sitting there with me? As long as I'm the wall, oh come on, you're gonna have tribulation. So how do you handle your tribulation? Maybe some kind of sickness upon you that the Lord have not healed yet. What do you think about that? Will that make you oh my God? I don't think I'm going to go on with God anymore. Will you start doubting God? No. As long as you're in this war, you're going to have tribulation. But God will deliver you then from them all. Hallelujah. Let me just speak on some effect of, of sorrow, of grief. I'll show you some effects of grief. How they affect you when you're grieving non-stop. <laughs> Hallelujah. Look at Job 17 verse number 7. The book of Job 17 verse number 7. Oh, glory to God. My eye also is dimmed by reason of sorrow. And all my members are as shadow. My eye is dim. <laughs> no more light, no more sight. I can't see clearly anymore. Because of sorrow. When you allow grief to come to your life, you come to the place where you can't see further. You can't perceive your future. You can't perceive any glory anymore. Everywhere becomes darkness before you. My eyes dimmed because of sorrow. Hallelujah. My members, my thoughts, they are all kind of disjointed. Why? Because of sorrow. I mean, have you come to such a situation where you're grieving to the point where you can't even think straight anymore? Probably you can't even pray aright anymore. All your prayer is just not about questions and questions and questions, questioning God. Have you come to that place? It's because you've not allowed vision. It's because you've not allowed the promises of God. You no longer understand who God is anymore. Because your eyes are dim. Your eyes of vision is blinded. it's veiled. Hallelujah. Look at it from the message translation if you can. Job 17, verse 1, I mean verse number 7, message translation says, I can only see from crying so much. How do you see that? I'm not about skin and bones. Verse 8 says, Decent people can't believe what they are seeing. The good hearted wake up and insist of giving unto God. Look at that. I can't even see anymore. And people come around and say, man, this man has given up on God. In other words, you're no longer trusted in God. Have you come to that state in your life where tears have brought you to the place where literally, if you will, and spiritually, your eyes are dimmed that you can't even see, you can't even understand. You don't perceive what tomorrow is. You don't have any hope again anymore for tomorrow just because something happened. No. Praise the living God. Huh. Are we still here? I need you to understand. So Job is saying, I, I mean, I can't see anymore. I can't perceive anything anymore. It's like saying, I've lost all hope. And people come and say, this guy no longer trusting God. They can see it. That's one thing, again, that's obvious about sorrow. You sorrow to the point where people actually literally you can look at you and say, This guy no longer trusted in God. Your life begins to speak another gospel entirely because you're grieving. How does Christian have to grieve? Hallelujah. Look at verse 9. So, but principal people hold tight, keep a firm grip on life. Sure, they that clean pure hands will get stronger and stronger. Can I hear an amen? principle people hold tight keep a firm grip on life we are not going to lose hope because of grief, we are not going to lose hope because of circumstance we are not going to get discouraged for any reason we are going to hold on tight onto life we are not losing life just because something happened no 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 we are not going to cry to people just because something happened and feeling that no more life, everything is gone not at all are we here? Principled people. <laughs> Men who are disciplined. Men who understand. The nitty gritties of life. Men who understand how spirit works. They hold on tight unto life. They will lose up. They are fame. In their conviction. That God is alive. You see the three Hebrew children. When they say if you don't bow down. Throw you into the funny fire what did they tell the, the king they hey come on you put us there and see us we're not mindful of that whether the god we serve will save us or not God is still God principal people and the god saved them he saved them hallelujah are you see go with me to luke 22. I need somebody to be alive. I need somebody to wake up. I need somebody to get beyond your past and stay in focus. Of what God has in mind for you. Your life is not ending because there is an issue. No. Your life has not come to a conclusion just because you lost a job. No. Lost a loved one. No. <laughs> Praise the Lord. In this world, you shall have tribulation. No exception to that. Luke 22 44. Praise the Lord. And being in an agony, that like Jesus prayed now, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was at it where great drops of blood falling down to the ground. You remember how he went to pray? Hallelujah. Look at the next thing. And when he rose up from prayer, he was come to the disciples and found them sleeping for what? Sorrow. And this is the point. <laughs> Hallelujah. What is sorrow? Sorrow is loof in the Greek. And it means pain, sadness, grief. Grievous, grudgingly, heaviness, sorrow. What was the sorrow? What was responsible for the sorrow? That they come to that place where they no longer have life. The Bible said they were sleeping. They got sorrow to the point where they lose strength to pray. They lose commitment to what they'll be calling to as disciples. Sorrow have overwhelmed them that. All energy to stay on to pray was lost. Are you listening to me? Now, what do you think responsible for that? I'll make you see that. Primarily because Jesus had made to understand he was going to go to the cross. The thought of Jesus dying, the thought of losing leadership, the thought of losing. Their authority was what caused them to be in sorrow. That even when he asked them to join him to pray, they couldn't pray. Because of sorrow, they fell asleep. What would Paul tell you? Ephesians 5, verse 14. Some of you have come to that point. All you do is to hiss. Huh? All you do is to hiss. Serpents hissing. Is that okay? Ephesians 5.14 Wherefore he said, Awake thou that sleepest and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Awake! You've been sorrowing for so many years now. But it's about time you awake out of your slumbering spirit. Christ is alive. It's when you are awake that he gives you light. Not where you're sleeping. In other words, it's not where you are in sorrow that it gives you understanding. Not where you're sorrow that it shows fault. You remember the first illustration I gave to you? How guy was so sorrowful and yet she could not see the well that was by her side. Her eyes were dimmed out of sorrow. And the angel came and said, What ailed thee? Why are you crying? I mean, that question looks stupid because it's like, as an angel, you, you ought to know that this person is in sorrow. You, the angel ought to know what is already going on, but he like, said, why are you crying? In other words, there is already an answer to your problem, but you are not seeing. You want water? Here is water. What will So what he saying? Awake that are sleepers and arise from the dead. Dead dream of sleeping. Dead dream of griefing, but God will give you light. So, light is not coming as long as you're in a sorrowful mood. And if care is not taken, sit and take advantage of you. Are you sitting there with me? (laughs) Praise the Lord. Look at Proverbs 15, verse 17. I mean, verse 13. I'm trying to show you the effect of sorrow. How it affected negatively. And that is why you must not dwell on that. Must not dwell on that. Proverbs 13. A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance, But by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. So when we look at your face, we will know. <laughs> what is in your heart shows up on your face. And of course, often and again, you ask people the question, what is going on? And the person will say what? Your face. Yeah. You understand that? It's so heavy. What is going on? Your heart shows up on your face. By sorrow of the hand, you have a sorrowful countenance. It reflects on your face. Hallelujah. Are oh, you still there? And he said, without the spirit is what broken. That is to say, the spirit is no longer in charge. You are not emotionally engrossed with what has just happened. Your emotion is what is speaking. Now we how to do with your soul. Your spirit is no longer alive. Your soul is what is working. You come to the place of empathizing with yourself, sympathizing with yourself, and want men to sympathize with you. And when they don't sympathize with you, you feel they are not feeling the pains you are feeling. Spirit is no longer working. Just your soul. Your emotions. This is when you start counting how you have helped people before. And nobody cares now about you. And you send them in the people. I have sister Jane. I have sister Godfrey. I mean brother Godfrey. I remember when that person I knew. But now it's my turn. Nobody's here. Sorrow. Have blinded your mind. You can't see. Your spirit is broken. Hallelujah. Take this from message translation. Message translation. A cheerful heart brings a smile to your face. Hallelujah. Opposite of sorrow and broken containers and faith. A cheerful heart brings a smile to your face. The sound out makes it hard to get through the day. You wake up in the morning with a sad face. The whole day is gone. Are you with me? The whole day is spoiled. You can't even attend an interview and succeed because your countenance is more than I'll show you something. Nehemiah 2, verse number 2. I'm trying to make you understand that sorrow will show up on your face. <laughs> and when there's no smile on your face, even the people who want to employ you will reject you. I want you to bring sorrowful situation to, to the company. Huh? Who want to walk with people whose face is like cloud? Who want to employ such a person? So, your day is already gone. When sorrow fills your heart, you can, the Bible tells us, listen, it is hard to go through the day when you wake up in the morning with a sorrowful heart. Look at Nehemiah. Nehemiah wanted to build a city. I'm trying to make you understand that sorrow shows up on your face. Wherefore the king said unto me, That's Nehemiah. Why is I counting sad, seeing that I'm not sick? This is nothing else, but sorrow of heart. Then I was very sore afraid. The king saw that something is wrong with you. The hearts of Nehemiah showed up on his face. We can tell when you're happy. We can tell when you're not happy. Are you listening to me? You can hide it. <laughs> so when you allow sorrow to becloud you, when you allow sorrow to shade you off, only God helps you or else you're going to lose many things. But a cheerful face, person want to identify with. A smiling face people want to identify with. Praise God. Are you following what I'm saying? You know some people when they walk into a room it's like a cloud just coming there. The countenance of everybody changes. Why? Because the person that just walked in is emitting a negative spirit and it's oppressing everybody. People want to pull out from that environment. But there are other people that walk into an atmosphere; joy just explodes. Why? Because they carry a different personality that reflects joy all the time in their lives. Hallelujah! So I want you to get this right: that a cheerful heart brings a smile to your face. Proverbs fifteen thirteen. message translation. And a sad heart. Makes it hard to get through the day. You're wasting all your energy. You're not going to go through anything once you have a sad countenance, a sad heart. There's no joy. Somebody need to smile. You need to be happy. Hallelujah! And see, Paul was in prison writing letters, and he telling people rejoice. And I say what? Rejoice! Where was he? He was in prison. He should have been in sorrow. No, 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 no. But it was not him that was alive. It was his spirit. His spirit was not broken by reason of being in jail. Hallelujah. What are some of the things that gets you into the place of sorrow? Wow. John 16, verse number 5. John 16, verse number 5. But now I go my way to him that sent me, and none of you ask me, without grace down. Glory. But because I said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled what? Your hearts. <laughs> what, is, what is the meaning of that? It means the things you hear, can cause you to be in sorrow so not all news are relevant glory to God not all informations are relevant I was in the village and here was my auntie and I was asking about another auntie in the village and I said we are not in good times then I said, what happened that you are not in good terms? It's your junior. If you were to be a man, you're supposed to be the eldest man in the, in the, in the family right now. He said, yes. So how come you're not in good terms with your junior sister? He said, well, somebody came and told me that she was saying certain things about me in the bush. Then I said, were you dead? He said, no. How do you know the information given to you is true? The information alone brought a limiting now between two sisters. That is the way sorrow is transmitted into your heart sometimes. When men come with some ugly news, ugly rumors, ugly information, say things about people that are not even true about what they are saying about you. Jesus says, sorrow I fill your heart just because I told you these things. So mind what you hear if you want to avoid sorrow. Mind the company you keep. Men who cannot uphold the Lord, who cannot hold tight to life, you don't need them as friends. Men who cannot get hope into your life by what they discuss, you don't need them as friends. Information are vitally important to either you being happy or you being sorrow. Did you get that? Go into Proverbs 12, verse 23, 25 rather, Proverbs 12, 25. Hallelujah. I need people who gives me joy. I need people who makes me happy. I need people that, oh man, that even if I'm trying to be down, they strengthen me. Those are the kind of company I like to keep. Not men that will bring sorrow to your life, say things that are not there, conjure up information, like that person that came from all the bush to come and talk to my sister. Why carry information all the way from the forest? Must be a hair smile killer. This this is the way we live. Uh, You're such people, you think. Now, you see, my my elder sister will be thinking that he's a very good friend, isn't he? Proverbs 225. Heaviness in the heart of the man maketh his stoop. But a good word make it glad. Sorrow in your heart makes you stoop. By implication, you get older than your age by reason of sorrow. You know, old people walk bending down, isn't it? Now sorrow can bring you to that level. What is the advantage about that? That you get older than your age. <laughs> you get older than your age. They take you and your senior brother standing, and they think your senior brother. Is your junior brother? Because sorrow—how many of you understand that pressure can even get you to the place of growing gray hair when it's not your time? You say, "Can you see that? Have you checked out the president of the U.S. because of the load they carry? Do you remember Obama? Gray hair started coming up at his age because of the pressure." You get older than your age. You stoop. but look at you. You are supposed to be 45. They think you are 60. Because of heaviness that you carry all the time. No joy, no smile, nothing. And you don't hear good words from people. What does a good word do? It makes the heart all glad. And when your heart is glad... Life is coming in. You're positing with strength. Hallelujah. Praise the living God. You follow what I'm saying here? I need you to be alive. I need to understand that God is alive. It's not ready to change because of your circumstance, it's not ready to change because of the situation. He said, I will not forsake you to the end of the age. He is with you. You have to understand that. Praise the Lord. Take it from the Amplified. Amplified translation. Proverb 12, 25. Anxiety. Glory, glory, glory. In a man's heart, weighs it down. What is it? Anxiety. How anxious are you? That's why you're getting older than your age. And this will leads men into yahoo into ritual killings anxiety I want to be rich I want to be like the other man I want to drive the new car anxiety it's about an encouraging works make the hard world glad take it from the message Proverbs 12 25. Worry weighs us down. A cheerful word picks us up. Praise God. As I say, you must mind what you hear. You must mind what you hear. And we'll talk to you. Hallelujah. But I like a very good story that I want to share with you now. This is Jacob. Genesis 35 and 15. Good words, that's what we need to hear from you. Good words, that's what you give to your people. Not wells that bring them down. Not words that continue to make their heart sorrowful. When it means I bring gladness to hearts. Hallelujah. Genesis 35 verse 15. You must come to a place where you say, No, I reject this. And Jacob called the name of the place where God spoke with him, in Bethel. 16 says, And the journey from Bethel, and it was but a little way to come to Ephrath, And Rachel traveled, and she had hard labor. And there will not be your lot in the name of Jesus. And it came to pass when she was in hard labor that the midwife said unto her, Fear not, thou shalt have this son. Also, that's a good midwife. What's the next one? And it came to pass, as her soul was in the pattern, for she died, that she called his name Benoni. You know what Benoni means? Sorrow. But the father called him one Benjamin. Hallelujah. Did you get that? Sorrow. That's Ben-9. He said the son of my sorrow. And some of you, you carry names like that. That your parents gave to you when they were in distress. Mm. But Jacob said, hey, okay, woman, stop that. This child is not a child of sorrow. This child is a child of my right hand. He changed the name from Benai to Benjamin. What does that mean? I reject sorrow. You must grow up to the place where you know so much about God. You see greater light in your front that when sorrow is before you, I reject sorrow. Put it aside. Jacob said, No, hey, you human Rachel. You finish your chapter. You can. You can leave sorrow in my home while you are going to meet with the Lord. No, yours is finished. Hmm? This child is not a child of sorrow. This child, how I many of you understand who Benjamin finally was? Powerful person, for a scriptures concern. But that was somebody that the mother named sorrow, and the father said, "I reject that. His name is not Benoni. His name is Benjamin." child of my right hand which speaks of Christ which sitting at the right hand of the father that's Benjamin are you getting what I'm talking about the, the mother brought him down the father elevated him that's words you speak are powerful, words you accept A powerful into your life I'm saying this again. You need to come to that place where you reject sorrow if it's looking at you on the face. And say, I'm not going to swallow you. I'm not going to allow you to break my spirit. I'm not going to allow you to weigh me down. I'm going to stand. Awake that are sleepers. Arise and Christ shall give the light. Praise the Lord. Are we still here? Let me give you the final scripture. You've taken quite a number of scriptures. i give you a scripture here. While I close. Isaiah 14 verse 3. Isaiah 14 verse number 3. Hallelujah. Child of my sorrow. Oh, she was rejoicing. Oh, child of my sorrow. We got a hard, hard neighbor Who cares? No, 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 no somebody you seen a greater vision greater glory and say no this child is a child of my right hand this is the Christ a seat at the right hand of God just prefiguring Christ in the second sense. by implication in the midst of sorrow you can inject the spirit of Christ glory to God are you sitting there with me coming to the place of power and authority and dominion and say, the child of my right hand not the child of sorrow are uh, you sit with me. As I have 14 verse 3. And it shall come to pass in that day. That the Lord shall give thee rest. I can get a louder amen on that. You've been in sorrow. and am prophesying. I'm praying for you right now. You've been in pains. You've been in sorrow. But one thing is certain. The Lord shall give thee rest From thy sorrows Hallelujah Glory to God <laughs> The Lord shall give thee rest From thy sorrow And from thy fears And from thy hard bondage Where thou have been serving he is going to give you rest. From your sorrows, from your bandages, from your fears, He's giving you rest. He's taking away sorrow from you and giving you light in place of darkness. You need to look unto the Lord, people. Praise the living God. The Lord shall do what? Shall give you rest. Can you please stand up? <laughs> the Lord shall give you rest. You're going to receive your rest. Hallelujah. I say, Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to Dr. David Ogaga. We know you have been blessed by this station. You can share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information, inquiries, and free downloads, please visit www.davidogaga.org or you can send us an email at, min at gkai.net. God bless you.